Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. The things we say is back on. We're wrapping up October. Yes, coming to a close. Yeah, and the weather stinks in Ohio today. Yeah, so. it's gray and cold and wet. And I, I don't mind any of those things individually, but when they combine in the trifecta to conspire against our happiness, it makes me very sad. I was out in it a little bit, and then I curled up inside and mourned the loss of summer for yeah. the rest of the afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's also that weird time of year where you can go from needing air conditioning to needing heat within the span of like two days and that, or even on the same day, like you you get up and it's 30 some degrees and by the time it's over, you're at 70. And I mean, not that I would complain about a 70 degree day right now, but it's, it's just, mm. I would take that. Yeah. Also, one of the things that we started doing was listening to the intro that you guys hear as we come in to this. And I've decided once again, I hate the sound of my own voice. I know. I, I think it sounds good though. And isn't it funny, though, how it even sounds different than what we're hearing in our head right now? Because there is a resonance. Yes. Like, it always, your voice always sounds lower to you than it actually sounds in real life it's to everyone else. It's not anything I'm getting over. I thought a year <laughs> in, I'd be over this. It's still just as weird every time. Yeah. I'm, I'm just really used to hearing my own voice, which sounds really conceited. <laughs> but it's just true. I'm used to it. I've, I've been recording things and preaching things and seeing all kinds of things for a long time now. So... I'm I'm just it's par for the course. It's what you're gonna hear. So, so our our did you know this week? It goes back to one of our first episodes, and one of the things that a lot of people say when they start listening to this show is, "I really enjoyed your conspiracy theories." Yes, we're gonna hit that again at yes. some point. Yeah, we, we left a lot of conspiracy theories on the cutting room floor yeah. when we put those two up, um, and I'd I'd love to get back into it at some point. Uh, my, my did you know for today is they are rebuilding. The Titanic. Okay. Um, there's an Australian entrepreneur who has made it his goal to build the Titanic 2. And the idea is to build an exact replica of the Titanic and to sail the same route. The same route. Okay. Yes. So is he going to actually build it? He's building in... it in China because oh. they are well known for making good ships yeah. in China. Hmm. I would say the British is track record the british track record with building titanics is oh for one yeah maybe that's true so you can't lose but i mean it's it's an equal gamble i guess yeah i i i was trying to think are tickets for this thing going to sell incredibly fast or not at all yeah i i think he might have missed his window because if you would have had this built and ready to do the maiden voyage on the 20th anniversary of the Titanic film, the James Cameron film, ah, you would you have go. gotten a lot of traffic for that thing. Now, I don't know. You know, and you'd have all those sickos that would hope that it would sink so that they could reenact the whole Rose and Jack thing all throughout. You got those weirdos who think that would just be wonderfully romantic. Some people with a weird romantic death wish yeah. would yeah. sign up for it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah I'll, I don't know. I'd be really nervous when we get to the ice flows. <laughs> well, you know... 
here's my thing. What made the Titanic extraordinary? I mean, what makes it extraordinary now is the lore, the myth, the the actual events of what happened. Oh, yeah. But what made it something at the time was how extraordinarily large it was, how extraordinarily opulent it was. It was just obviously the best of the best of the best. Now it's going to be like a pathetic little, it's going to be the equivalent of like a Cessna from the 70s. Like it's it's just not. Yeah, you pull it beside a cruise ship and it's yeah. like no it, comparison Yeah, it looks whatsoever. like a tugboat. Yeah. So I... I'd almost like I get it. I get you want to recreate it in its exactness, and the hist- the historian in me loves that. Like I would love to be on that ship for a little bit after its maiden voyage, um, but <laughs> but I would love I would love to see somebody say, okay, we're gonna build a Titanic too, but it's gonna literally be the biggest again and the best and the the top notch. But we'll put some some old school vibes to give it, you know, the flavor of the original Titanic, but just go for broke and be like, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it all now. Yeah, rather than an exact replica, like yeah. bigger than whatever Royal Caribbean is trucking yeah. out there. Huge, huge ships. They're <laughs> unbelievably huge. But And I believe that cruise ships are the way to disprove a flat earth. Okay. <laughs> if we're getting into that, just go with it. Let's take just so it. everyone knows, this is going to be a random rant night. because yeah, We have no idea what we're waiting for. We have waiting no idea. I, I just told Sheldon, I've had it up to here with stupid <laughs> currently and so i'm just gonna like get some of my my angsty issues out tonight and see where it leads us a a cruise ship is so tall yes and and huge and it's easy to see if you have even a a child's telescope or or like bad spyglass kind of thing binoculars there you go that would be much more practical i think think more people have (laughs) yeah i think more people have binoculars there you go so you get your binoculars out you put them on a pier and you watch the ocean liner, or why did I forget the word cruise ship right off the bat? Yeah, it's okay. It's <laughs> I okay. I can't talk tonight. But you watch a cruise ship <laughs> you had sail a tra- away. You had a traumatic football game today, so that's I'll chalk it up to that. True. The Niners want everything but the score. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Anyway, so you watch the cruise ship sail away. Uh-huh. And as it sails away, the flat earther will see the cruise ship sink into the ocean Presumably killing everyone on board when they get seven miles out into the yeah in, into the sea where the curvature of the earth begins to take over. Seven miles away, I should be able to still see that big tall thing and you'll watch it just sink into the well, ocean. I've, and then you put them there three days later and watch it magically reappear well, as it comes thing up is, out of the ocean. Have you, have you seen, there is actually a whole part of the conspiracy theory of flat earth that is related to that exactly. And you can find videos where somebody took a a high zoom lens, and they you know they're watching a ship, and it goes over the horizon, and then they zoom in further, and all of a sudden they can see it again. Now I don't know what the actual distance is, but their claim being, oh, it's just far away, and we just can't see it. It's not actually over the curve of the Earth, but eventually it will again hit a point where it goes and it's gone. You know you can't see it. So yeah, it's kind of a a, a bogus theory but it is it is something that has been talked about the and fact that you can't stand on the beach of new jersey and see portugal I, should prove them wrong yeah yeah <laughs> like we have a we well they oh that's right they don't believe in the hubble space telescope right so we don't have right. a space telescope again can... I, I, and this is where the stupid <laughs> gets in with me because i'm like Fine, like believe what you want to believe, but at least give me something, give me a reason, like give me one reason why. <laughs> and and nobody's ever been able to give one except for finally it comes down to somebody saying, oh, it's because they just want to control our worldview. It's like, 
How does that how does that change that anything? Like that they that, want it to be round. Yeah, because why? Just give me a why. Give just give me a why. If if anybody can give me a real why that doesn't involve well, they're just evil and no, like I want an actual reason. I don't want just shadowy days. I want a reason. And nobody so far has been able to give me that. So it's true. For those of you who are flat earthers, I'm sorry, but I find your logic to be flawed. Well, there we go. We hit the Titanic flat earth. <laughs> <laughs> we're only a couple minutes in. Yeah, now we just need to do the Kennedy assassination and we're fine. <laughs> oh my goodness. So so let me let me go ahead and tell you the final the final straw. There there have been so many things over the past couple months politically and socially and and from our brilliant sages in Hollywood and in sports that have just been mind-numbing to me. Um, and, 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 and to, the, the peak, I know I can't even talk. I'm so frustrated with all these. The peak of it was, was today I saw a picture of LeBron James in San Antonio, uh, pregame in San Antonio. Yeah. So dude has lived in Miami, Ohio, and L.A., LA. okay? And and so these are the three places he's been, has had residences, you know, all that kind of thing. Well, he went to San Antonio, and he was wearing a uh, Beto O'Rourke hat. And I'm like, okay, fine, because he believes in, you know, he's he's a big leftist, big progressive. That's his, that's his shtick. Those are his people. Fine. But, like, he can't vote in Texas. No. What happens in Texas doesn't affect him. At all, he lives in literally the most liberal state in the entire country. That is, that is the the unilateral. I don't want to use that word, uh, not that one, but the one I was about to use. That is the uh, the the utopian example for progressives. It is yeah. it is California, um, and I could rant about why that's even a problem and how it's falling apart economically, but I'll leave that alone. So so he's good, like he's fine where he is, and. Beto O'Rourke is not going to beat Ted Cruz in Texas. They were really, really hopeful. Ain't going to happen. Barring an act of God, it is not going to happen. Texas is turning more and more purple, but it's not blue. No, it ain't blue. It ain't blue. Um, And so he wore that, which tips me off, as always, and he's been very vocal about the way that he views social issues, the way that he views race relations in America, the way that he views oppression in America. And again, it is out of a typically progressive textbook. Again, all fine and dandy. Believe what you want to believe. Believe what you think. But then he was, of course, wearing Nikes, which I am thinking is hilarious because he's probably, outside of Michael Jordan, he probably has the biggest contract with Nike of anybody on the planet. Yeah. Nike has had repeated problems with slave labor in their foreign factories. And yes, they can claim that, well, we didn't know that, we didn't understand the conditions, and to their credit, every time they have discovered something like that, they have gone in and cleaned it up. Whether it's for PR or whatever, one way or the other, they have done that. Once they got caught, they have done that. So yeah. I'll, I'll at least give, give a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there. But okay, wearing Nikes, slave labor, happens, still happening, and then he's wearing a Fly Emirates t-shirt. And I gotta just show you the picture. It's just... It's just beautiful. Isn't that like for a soccer team? There's a particular but either professional way, soccer team. But either team way, or... either way, my point being is that the UAE still has an active slave trade. Yeah. Active. And it is, quote, illegal, 
but it is like an open secret. Everybody just and, and not to mention their oppression of women. Not to mention, I, I mean, was, I was reading say, up on some of their as far as women's rights. Yeah, the they're Emirates horrible. Are they're horrible, awful. and they still have canings and stonings as acceptable modes of punishment. For, and I'm like, dude, you cannot pretend to be woke. And it, like everything he's wearing does not does not work. Like it does not line up. It's and I'm like, don't don't I I'm fine with you having any opinion you want to have. Just don't be stupid. Like don't be ignorant of what you're actually representing. Like don't say one thing and represent another. And again, I I am I'm willing to be forgiving to people in that they may not know something, and so once they discover, they would change their tune. Or if somebody brought it to their attention, awesome. But I mean, this is LeBron James. I mean, he 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 is he in the world. He knows what's going on in the world, and just to do that, like the 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 amount of stupid that is in that outfit, just absolutely astounds me. Yeah, that's a soccer jersey. And, and these saying. are the yeah, it is, it is. But again, nonetheless, you're repping a place that stands starkly opposed to everything you claim to be about. Yeah, and everything you claim is wrong with the United States, which doesn't even remotely touch. What is going on in the UAE? The only reason that nobody opposes the UAE on all of their human rights abuses and their, you know, the way they treat women and all of this other stuff is one because they're a Muslim nation, right? And two because they have a, they have uh, go stick it in your ear money. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. To put it kindly, <laughs> yes. To put I it was kindly. trying to figure out how to phrase that. Yeah, um, and, and like, like. You know, buzz off money. Right. It's like you can tell us what you want, and right. that's fine. And but don't we don't care. need anyone else. Right. And as long as people buy oil, we're going to be just fine. Right. But I, I'm just, I'm mystified, and I, and I just keep seeing things like that. And I guess the, the the thing I'm so frustrated right now is the idea that that we are supposed to somehow take celebrities seriously when they have a political or social opinion. I am perfectly fine with them having it. But well, I don't give them any credence or credit. They don't. They don't even manage their own lives. They have somebody else that runs their money. They have somebody else that takes care of their property. They don't even know how to run their own lives. And before that, they were living in slummy apartments that they could barely afford with forty-eight other people because they were starving artists. Like, like they don't know how to manage their own lives. So the fact that America looks to them with any kind of seriousness when they have political well, or looks social to opinion. Some of them. Huh. We have a celebrity in the White House that they don't like. No, no doubt, no doubt. But, but and, again, and there's there's a bunch of celebrities that have espoused positions that don't line up with the left, and they get roundly criticized gr- and granted, run out of. Granted, and and again, it's like I look at I, I look at that, and I'm like, yeah, great. Like I'm fine with anybody having the opinion they want. What I have a problem with is is the way that we hold them in some kind of esteem. Like that's going to somehow sway us. And it does. It sways people. They'll, they'll literally go, well, LeBron's for this, so I'm going to be for it. Why? Or if Taylor Swift votes this way, I'm going to vote that way. Oh, that, oh, that kind of backfired, though, <laughs> and went the opposite direction. All the numbers went up for, uh, was it, who was it that she, uh, that she spoke out against? She came out for somebody in Tennessee. Yeah, but I can't remember who. I keep running into Claire McCaskill's name, but that's not Claire McCaskill. I can't remember who it was. But anyway, yeah, that had the opposite effect. And honestly, I feel like for a lot of, in a lot of ways, that's what a celebrity endorsing somebody should do. It shouldn't. Yeah. It shouldn't give them credence. It should. I would like to see a world where po- where politicians go. I don't want a celebrity endorsement because do people will cease to take me seriously as a politician. Do you think that we are at the place that we will continue electing celebrities to 
the presidency? I mean, essentially, we've always elected celebrities to the presidency. George Washington was a national hero and celebrity, yeah, and that's how he won the presidency. First. He was a general first. Um, but again, I, the thing I look at with Trump is, is, is Trump went from being an executive of company to an executive of country. It's, it's a pretty lateral move. And so in terms of experience and what he actually has done in life, that's not a far hop to me. Yeah. It was but probably honestly, a bigger leap for Reagan. It was a bigger leap for Reagan to be an actor and end up being, you know, being a, a governor. A governor and then end up being a president and, and you know, so so I think his governor experience qualified him to be president. But granted it, it's like you want them to do something else before, right. like but I'm, I'm for not George even a, Clooney just to run for the White House. Yeah, at this point, I'm a like, no. Concerning because yeah, you don't have any other experience. And I'm fine with celebrities getting into politics. I don't have a problem with that because, but for somebody to go straight from, I'm a celebrity only, to now I'm going to run for president, I have a bit of an issue with. So one, I was listening to Larry King being interviewed the other day. Yeah, and he said something that. I, I feel like it's important to say people rag on Democrat or not Democrats, politicians all the time. Yeah. And they give politicians a hard time and, well, they don't really represent us and they're just scum and, and they're, yeah. you know, all this and that politicians do something that no one else in any other industry has, uh, except maybe sports stars. They have a first Tuesday in November and you go out, and there is a win and there is a loss. And it is clear mm-hmm. and defining and it's life-changing. And it changes whether or not you you are able to continue on a particular path. Right. And you run up to a point and then you have your first Tuesday in November. And it could potentially alter all kinds of history for you. Right. And, and they do this willingly and over and over again. Go to that line and stand there and wait for the results. Yeah. And and he was saying, and I've got to I've got to say it too. I respect anyone who will put themselves on the line like that. Agreed. There there are a lot of people that would sit back and criticize all kinds of things about politicians that they themselves would never put their money, their treasure, their time, their yeah, effort, totally. their families through mm-hmm. all of that and possibly for nothing. Right. You know? Right. And so before we go into vote, just be thinking about that. There's a lot of people that are going to win, and you might agree or disagree with what they do, but there's going to be a lot of people that lose. Yeah. And it's going to have a huge impact on their lives. So anyway, I would contest it has a bigger impact on the politician's life than it has on the constituency's life. Correct. Because yeah. a whole lot doesn't change, you know, place to place and, and party to party and person to person. Um but where you live and what you're going to be right. doing, what right. you gave up to get there are all very real things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for instance, Trump had to give up a whole bunch of stuff in his business in order to run. Right. And people people were like, well, he's got to get out of it completely and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but this is what he does. Like, if yeah. he loses, what do you do? Right. You know? And, and we demand that people give up all of this just to run. And well, then, and not to mention that his brand took a hit just because he ran, and, and suddenly no, he was... Still taking a hit. Still taking a hit, and it is what it is. I mean, you gotta, you got to give credit where credit's due. And that's the thing. Like, I, what I have a problem with, I have, I have far more problem with career politicians than I do. Like somebody like the Clintons, who literally every dime they have made of their extreme amounts of money that they have, have come from political influence that is that is horrifying yeah that is horrifying to me i i wish 
I wish the idea of, you know, a farmer becoming a politician and then for a little while and then going back to his farm was a more yes. usual idea. Like yeah. term limits on specific things and are a great idea. Although I'll even take just consecutive term limits. Yeah. Like I'll even take that. So like you can only run, you can only be a, a senator. Two you terms. Know, two terms. And, and then you have to sit out at least one before mm-hmm. you can run again. I mean, at least that. So, yeah. yeah. You got some senators, like John McCain, before the end of his life, was barely functional as far as voting or deciding anything yeah. for Ted that Kennedy last, the same way. last year of his life. Yeah, yeah, Ted Kennedy was the same way, and yet there he sat. Yeah, <sighs> Strom Thurmond. <laughs> Strom Thurmond. Every time I think of Ted Kennedy, <laughs> I always think of a comedian I once heard, and this was somebody who was, who was uh, a leftist and, and liked Ted Kennedy, but said he looks more like a bobblehead than a bobblehead of Ted Kennedy now. And it was true. Like, towards that, that, that like, last 10 years of his life, somehow his head just kept getting bigger and his shoulders got smaller and he literally looked like a bobblehead. And it was pretty funny. Was, now that he's gone, it's okay for Netflix to do Chappaquiddick. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay to talk about am, now. You know, that's the thing. He's not writing laws regarding our education <laughs> and his, our whole education system. Ted Kennedy system. was the Ringo star of the Kennedy family. And he was the last one we ended up with. And he was the worst of the worst. And that's my thing, thing too. Like, I am terrified that all of the Beatles, except for Ringo Starr, are going to die, and he's going to be the last one standing. I'm like, you cannot be the last Beatle. You are the least of the Beatles. You cannot be the last one left. But he probably will be. Uh, you know, Paul's the only one out there kicking still other than him. But, I, I mean, you know, I hope Paul keeps going. Even if it's by minutes, I hope Ringo well, we goes first. We got John Kennedy for a little while. We got Robert Kennedy for a little while. And yeah. then we had Ted Kennedy for, for so long. <laughs> so, so long. <laughs> Oh man, I just you know, and that's one of the things too. I look at the I look at the the modern Democratic Party and how different it is from what it was in the days of the Kennedys and the heyday of the Kennedys. And somebody like Ted was was much more. He was the most extreme uh, politically and socially of any of his family members. Like they would be con- considered. I mean, JFK would be a hardcore Republican now. They'd be calling him a Nazi. Robert Kennedy would probably be somewhere in your like uh, your Lindsey Graham ish somewhere in between, and then you have Ted who was literally out in left field all the time. Um, but I wonder if 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 the Kennedy boys had not been assassinated, how different the modern Democratic Party would look based on them becoming. Because there have been people who have even postulated that we would have had at least three Kennedys in the White House uh, had it been. not been for. Uh, had it not been for the assassination of, of well, Bobby. you would have had John and probably Robert, for De- sure. I would say definitely. Well, obviously we had John, and he would have probably won a second term with, with how things were looking and where things were at with the country at the time. Um, but, yeah, it, it would have been radically transformative for, uh, for the nation, for them to have survived. And I'm really curious about what the what polarization would look like between the two parties now had those had those two men survived and actually served some terms uh, longer than what they actually did but yeah i <laughs> but i am i'm i'm just i'm just fed up i'm just really fed up with i'm fed up with media i'm fed up with with commentators i'm fed up with people who who and i don't even watch news man i don't have cable I don't even listen to I, – I, I'm hardly even listening to talk radio anymore because I just can't hardly take it. I'm, I listen to podcasts, and, 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 and I watch YouTube so that I can choose my content 
at pretty much all all the time. Yeah. And I'm just I'm just tired, man. I'm weary of it. It's it's there's so, so what much. Else, you said the LeBron thing was a straw in the camel's back. What else led yeah, up to that? But I mean, it's just been everything. It's just been everything. It's it's been watching the whole the whole issue, uh, you know, with Kavanaugh and seeing all these all these Democrats that are posturing on no facts. I'm perfectly fine with saying, hey, this thing has come up. Let's do an investigation. Great. But when that investigation turns nothing up, you can't keep just saying, well, this person's giving a believable testimony. Other than their word, they have nothing. Like, there's nothing to back that up, and that doesn't hold up anywhere. Like, you couldn't even get a warrant on something like that. And so the continual posturing just to play to a base on either side drives me absolutely crazy. And it drives me crazy when Trump does it, when he says something that I'm like, this is stupid, and you're not going to do this thing, but you know it rouses up your base, so you say it. It drives me crazy. I can't hardly take it. Um, but I just, I'm just sick of the dishonesty. I'm sick of the... The, the, the intellectual dishonesty. It's not even so much the, that I feel like people are necessarily lying. They don't care enough about the truth to try to find out before they do any reporting, before they have any opinions. They just go with, oh, wait, I'm checking the wind. Okay, this is what my social circle says. This is what I'm going with as, as wrong or as right. And man, I, on either side of the aisle, I can't stand it. So, so what bothered me, they were talking about these these mail bombs that were happening, <sighs> and somehow that Trump had targeted these guys, and now you had some wackadoo out there sending mail bombs to these same people. And I said, you do, like they were saying, this is what happens when you give rise to a, 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 the right wing of, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm like, you do realize that a Bernie supporter shot a sitting yes. congressman this year. And that year. wasn't Bernie's and, fault. And it wasn't Bernie's fault. I would never go blame Bernie no. that one of his campaign people went out there and shot, you know, uh, a, and I'm sorry. a congressional staffer and a sitting congressman. And just because they happened to be Republican, it yeah. was like barely mentioned, except we applauded him at the State of the Union. That was and, it. And here's my thing, okay? The biggest claim about the right wing is that they're that they're gun people, that they're they want to blow up the government, they want to do all these things. And you're telling me that this guy sends out 18 bombs and not one blows up? I mean, come on. Don't don't tell me. If he was a real bomb nut and a real yes. gun nut, he would make good, decent bombs. And yes, he's not the doing internet it. is a thing. If you want to blow something up, it is easy to do. It is easy to find information on this kind of crap. It is just. It is. It's simple. And we have moved a long way from mail bombs. You're not going to get. Have you seen the pictures of these things? I the minute I saw that this was happening, I'm like, I think that this is one of those dumb political stunts. I really do think it was oh, my <laughs> like my favorite was a dumb my stunt favorite from thing the about right. the whole thing is I saw that Cory Booker got one like way later than everybody else, and I thought, <laughs> did Cory Booker send himself a bomb yes, just so he, he wouldn't did. feel you left out? Did. Man, Especially if it was very guys, late. He's one of those guys I wanted to like so bad when he first yes. got in, and I was like, man, I'm I'm like what he's saying. I'm liking like, and then he just like he just went whole hog to Idiotsville and and just. I don't understand. Like I just don't understand. He showed so much promise. And I know, just <laughs> and just and just squandered every ounce of it. Oh my goodness! But he's Spartacus now. So what are you gonna do? All you gotta do is take whatever Bernie was saying, and you're younger, you're youthful. Just grab Bernie's script and yeah. go out there and read it with passion, <sighs> and you'll be just fine. <laughs> 
But man, I. Th- but even that, like, I'm looking at that. I'm like, okay, this this looks like your stereotypical bomb. It has a clock on it, which nobody actually does when they're building a bomb because no one needs to know how long it's going to be till that bomb goes off. Oh. When somebody does a mail bomb, they don't do a timed bomb. They do a triggered bomb, like when it hits a certain thing or if you open a certain flap. Like that is how you blow things up. Like I'm like. None of this, none of this is, and that was the other thing I was reading about, and there's only one chemical element that's that's tagged as a bomb, but there was nothing in it that would actually cause an explosion. There were some yeah. elements, and so I'm like, this, regardless of what this was, this was this either... This is not a bomb. This was either a severely mentally disturbed person who couldn't even put an explosive together, or it's all just a political stunt to like basically say, hey, feel sorry for us and vote for us, which I tend to think is because that's what we're starting to see from the extremes but of the, the left right now. But the moral equivalency that was drawn between <sighs> a guy that put some random bits in a manila envelope and somebody who took a gun and shot but we've congressmen been seeing, But we've been seeing the same field. thing with, with like the whole Antifa protests. Like they will literally go and beat the crap out of people and destroy property and and set things on fire. Did you see the old man they drug out of yeah, his vehicle in yeah, Portland? Yeah, yeah. And and these these and kids is, are beating this the tar is well out known of them and documented. Like we have seen it over, we've seen film of it over and over. But what's the thing the left wants to talk about? Every every time somebody calls that a mob, they want to go back to Charlottesville. And I'm like, you're gonna pick the one time where where some neo Nazis, which Nazism isn't actually extreme left uh, ideology, not an extreme. We can talk about that another time. You're going to say that that is equivalent, that one time that was an outlier is equivalent to multiple times where Antifa is shutting down traffic, is pulling people out of their cars, is setting things on fire, and say, no, that's not violence because they're doing it against the right people. There's no discrimination. They don't care uh, about who they're, who, they're, who they're targeting. They're just anybody who's not in their thing. It's just a bunch of, of – of, it's basically the purge only – on, on national television. It's actually happening in front of us. And so, like, again, if, the intellectual dishonesty of that. If you were completely blind, put in, you didn't, or not blind, but, like, blind to the logos and the colors yeah. as to who was on what side, and you were just dropped in from another country, and you're like, which side would you like to join? Yes, do you want to be a part of the people that have to wear masks to do what they right. do, or would you rather be with the people that? And and again, part of the intellectual dishonesty, and this masks. is part of the stupid that drives me crazy. Antifa says they're anti-fascist. They're using brown shirt tactics. They're literally using Nazi tactics that the brown shirts use to intimidate people in Germany into submission. They're doing the exact same things. Word for word, like you could go back and look at the playbook in Mein Kampf. It's the exact same things. And I'm just like, again, the stupid is unbelievable that yeah. people can't see that. What's what's crazy is you see there there's there's all kinds of videos of people calling Ben Shapiro a Nazi when yeah. he's an Orthodox Jew. And he has family who died in the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, somehow you don't get to call him a Nazi, I don't think. And and you don't you don't get to call I was I was watching a whole group of white Antifa people calling a black Trump supporter a white supremacist. Yeah, Candace Owens gets that all the time. Gets called a white well, supremacist. Candace Owens Candace Owens lights a lot of fires. No doubt. 
but, no doubt. And, and so when to call, some of those fires to blow call, up. But either way, to call her a white supremacist. But but to call any black person a white supremacist know, is one of the stupid. Dumb, especially if you're a white person, you do not get the privilege of but calling, it's, but it's just, again, of it calling proves a that, black person a white it supremacist. It proves that words mean nothing anymore. Like, yeah. they actually mean nothing because you can just say whatever you want and define it as whatever you want it to be. Um, you know, I've seen it's like turning mob into now mob is a racist term. No, it's not. It never has been. A mob is a mob. It doesn't matter. Like a mob is is made up of anything and everybody. It's it's complete autonomy to be destructive and do a thing. Mob has a definition in the dictionary that yeah. you can look up, and that's yeah. what people are talking. But people about. don't read. People are stupid, and they're and they're willfully stupid. That's the part that drives me crazy. Whether it's people in the media or what. And again, I'm not again I'm not trying to call anybody stupid, but I am. Like like you you don't have to be ignorant. Like go read things. Go. Like seek some understanding on some things. We're always going to have differences, but if we at least get with the baseline of like these things are factually true, we can move forward from that, and we can actually say this is my solution to the problem. This is my solution to the problem. And if they're different, we can either find ways to meld them together, or say you try yours, I'll try mine. We'll see where we end up. And not and quit with this like ridiculous vilification of everybody and this trying to demonize whoever's on the opposite side. Again, I think there are people who are evil in the world. I think there are people who are evil on both sides of the political spectrum. Do I think everybody is? No. Do I think the average American voter is? No. On either side? Nope. And I'm just tired of it. It's just stupid. And it's so there's so much ignorance attached to it, all in the name of wokeness and all in the name of understanding uh, the world better than somebody else. And it's just it's just dumb. It used to be a, a big a big idea in American culture that I disagree with what you're saying, but I will fight for your right to say it. Yeah. I will die for your right to say it. Without and that a doubt. was a lot of military people's mantra is like, hey. I totally disagree with what you're saying, but I I would die for you to have the freedom to say it. Yes, that's not where we're at. No, uh, you you have people that you if you disagree with them, shut them down, shut right. them down fast, shut them down hard. Not only should people not be allowed to say it, they they need to be so far removed from the sphere that they can't say it. Yeah, and no one should be able to hear yeah. them. I I would much rather. I would much rather drag bad ideas into the light. Yeah. And say, you know what? That's a really bad idea. How about you tell me more about this? Yeah. And the more you Try tell to me about this, this bad idea, the dumber you're going to look. Yeah. Because, like, okay, for, for instance, Richard Spencer yeah. is a complete lunatic because he actually believes in white supremacy. Yeah. If you listen to a real white supremacists talk long enough, they sound moronic. Yeah. You can't compose a rational thought Without that a starts doubt. there Without a doubt. and ends up somewhere that's even defensible. Yeah. And no logical person is going to sit there and listen to that what, and be like, what yeah, I would, sign yeah. me up for What that. I would love to do is I would love to get Richard Spencer and Louis Farrakhan in the same room and be like, look, they agree on almost everything. <laughs> listen to both of these guys talk. They agree on almost everything. But again, it's it. I I just I I'm just so. This is the one thing about America that discourages me. That the, it's not the polarization because most of it is just a game anyway. It's a media game, and 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 most of these people in 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 Washington are are, are saying horrible things about each other uh, for the cameras, and then they're going and having cocktails together somewhere else. Like there's not a whole lot of actual 
personal visceral hatred that goes on. Uh, there may yeah. be a little way, bit more now than there has been, but not not a whole lot. Way back, I don't know, this had to be more than 10 years ago when they were doing uh, the first couple years of The Apprentice when Trump was, yeah. you're fired. Yeah. You know, I used to watch it. A yeah. lot of us used to Everybody watch it. Watched Everybody it. watched it. And I was watching it and they had Chuck Schumer on. And I stopped watching after that episode because I'm like, they just treated Chuck Schumer like he was amazing. And I'm like, I don't like Chuck yeah. Schumer. I don't like a lot of things that he does. And right. uh, talk about a career politician and someone that seems spiteful and rude half the time. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't like him. And Trump is like kissing his hand through the entire yeah. episode. And I'm like, yeah, you know, reality TV isn't really my bag anyway. Right. I was watching it because it was kind of funny. And right. I'm done. Right. You know, and I stopped watching The Apprentice after Trump and Chuck Schumer were way too chummy chummy. Yeah. We have really come full circle. Yes. Yes, we have. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I really don't believe that these people aren't all sitting down somewhere together when it's all over and being like, <laughs> yeah. wasn't that fun? I mean, I... I <laughs> I believe that most people have become trapped in their own narrative. Yeah. They have created a narrative where they now have to hate and oppose somebody regardless. And and I know some well, people Well, it's part of assigning blame. You have to have somebody that's at fault for your issues if you have no other explanation other than you. Right. Because so if, nobody wants it to be them. Yeah, if if you're in a situation that is totally your fault unless you find somebody else to blame. Yeah. Yeah. I that's one of the things that I've I I've seen a meme going around of uh, if everything's so terrible in the country, why does Barack Obama keep trying to take credit for it? <laughs> and, and one one of my friends was just like, well, you know, I got to go get health insurance because Trump says I got to get health insurance, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's Obamacare. He's like, yeah, no, Trump, Trump has this whole thing and I got to prove that I have health insurance and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's, that's not Obamacare. That's, not that's the Affordable Care Act. That, yeah, that was Obama. Yeah, Obama's not in charge. He's like, Trump is in charge. I have to prove to them. And I'm like, never but mind. It, but <laughs> it's okay. And that's the thing is, is, is it's not... And I, I even get frustrated with people I know and love who, who... I know where they got their talking points. Like, I, I, can, I can see a story or see a clip from CNN or MSNBC and all of a sudden this person's really passionate about whatever that issue is. I'm like, you don't actually know anything about this. Like, if you really wanted to know anything about this, you'd ask me, especially over things like gun rights. Like, I'm a gun owner. I'm, I'm somebody who actually does these things. Like, talk to somebody you know who actually has knowledge of what it takes to buy a firearm, what it looks like to actually have a background check, what it feels like to get flagged, even though you've never actually done anything. Like, talk to a real person. Yeah, what does the form look like that you fill out when yeah. you go to buy a gun in Ohio? Oh, you can just walk into any store and just buy a gun. Yeah. No. Uh, you can, but there's a series of steps. And, and a you can't buy a gun on the internet without having to go through. When you, when you buy a gun on the internet, it gets FFL. shipped to an FFL, and you have to go through the background check. If you go to a, a gun show, you go through a background check. If you, I was just at a Friends of the NRA event where I played guitar, <laughs> where I played the national anthem on an AR-15-shaped guitar that was signed by <laughs> Ted Nugent. And no, that was not a dream. That was a real thing I did. And, and they gave away guns in raffles. But before you can leave with that gun, you go through a background check. They gave away a suppressor. 
but you still had to pay the $200 tax stamp and yeah. go through the background check before you could get that suppressor. So this whole loophole thing, again, it's ignorance. It doesn't exist. It's something politicians made up, and people run with it because they don't know what they're talking about. Even and at, so all even I at want, gun auctions, to get a number, generally, you, you have to go through a background check. Through a yeah. background check. So I... I I understand that we can't know everything about everything, but please be willing to admit that you don't know what you're talking about. If you start a sentence with, I don't know anything about guns, but I think this, I'm great with that because you have just started at least with the proper perspective of, I don't know anything about this. That's great. But for somebody to just make staunch, like draw the line in the sand statements. And then I'm like, well, why do you think that? Well, because guns are bad. That's not a reason. That that doesn't. That's not anything. You've, you've you're being told to think that, and you're accepting that as your own reality instead of saying, "What can I actually learn? What can I actually know?" And again, this is one of those things where I kind of blame the way that the education system has changed because we've taken away so much critical thinking in the current education system. We've now moved to it's also test based. It's also these things. So it's all like just regurgitate what you've been told. And that's all we want you to once do. A, once again, in, in education, it's become about having the right ideas. Yes. And there's, there's a right idea on this. Right. Instead of allowing bad ideas to be put forward and then explaining why they're, right. this is and, a bad idea. And let me be clear. That because a, as soon as a kid writes a report that kind of espouses a bad idea, we make so much hay out of it yeah. instead of it being, okay, this is a student. They don't quite understand yet. Right. Of course he wrote something stupid in his report. Now that gives us a good opportunity to explain to them right. why it's stupid. He's learning, yeah. you know? And, and you see like a kid writing something completely ignorant. And I'm like, yeah, he's a kid. He's a student. You're supposed to be teaching them. That's a yeah, great something teachable other moment. Than that. Yeah. But instead we make a larger... And we kick out them it. out of school and we yeah. suspend them and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, don't – and don't mistake. I'm not talking educators when I'm talking my problem with the education system because I know a lot of educators who are very frustrated with the way the education system works now. So I'm, I will not make an automatic – I know some great teachers who are passionate about it or are passionate about yeah. their kids learning and about caring for them and doing great things. So in no way am I disparaging that profession – but it's it's controlled by the state. I mean, it's it's it is not a public school. It is a government school, and it has all the trappings and and dumpster fires that come along with uh, government entanglement. Um, that's that's another thing that frustrated me. I I and I this one annoyed me because I I accepted this whole hog. Uh, you know, when when LeBron you know came out and everybody was talking about the school that he he started in Akron, yeah. I was just like, you know what. The guy annoys me a lot, but you know, proud of him for doing this thing. This is a like this is a classy move, this is a good move, whatever. Yeah. I looked into it a little more, and I will I will still stand by he is doing a good thing. Yeah. He is he is he's trying to do a good thing. But what he has done is he has put his name and his money behind a public school. The LeBron James the I Promise School is not a private institution. It is run by the Akron City School District. Huh. It is paid for by the taxpayers. LeBron James has paid a significant amount of money to build the building, to get it started, to do all of these things. He has no say in anything because it is run by the Akron School District. He has, once they read a certain, uh, reach a certain level of, uh, of um, uh, tuition, not tuition, uh, what am I looking for here? Uh, Funding? Number of students. Oh, enrollment. Enrollment, thank you. His money stops. He's no longer required to pay for any of the things that he's, he's paying for for the first amount of students. Um, 
you know, they talk about things like free lunches, free uniforms, free busing within a mile. It's a public school. Those things are always free for underprivileged kids. Like, that's, that's not anything. And the only reason I have a problem with this, I would have had no problem with saying, LeBron James has donated a ton of money to get this public school off the ground and to do this thing. Awesome. Because that is amazing. That's an awesome thing to do. But it's been touted as LeBron has created this school and he's running this school and he's doing all these things. It's really not what it's been reported as. And I was annoyed because I was one that fell into that trap of the media is telling me something and I'm just going to accept it as reality. And when I looked into it, I was like, well, shoot, I, I did the thing that annoys me. Yeah, it's a little me. different than what yeah. it actually is. So eventually the taxpayers alone will be on the hook for the school. LeBron will get a massive tax write-off, which is going to be important now that he is living in California. Uh, <laughs> and... So, so again, it, it's it's not a completely selfless act. There, I believe he believes in the community of Akron. I believe he wants to invest in the community of Akron. I'm not calling the guy a slouch or or, or like he's trying to, uh, like like, you know, pull yeah, anything on anybody. Done anything with his money. Yeah, I I, I applaud him for what he's doing. I'm disgusted by what it was presented as in the media versus what it actually is, and and again, just things like that where I'm like, we 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 accept so much. Without even looking into it. And, and you know, I used to be one of those diehard, if, if Fox News or Rush Limbaugh said it, I believed it kind of guys. Uh, but I have since, you know, grown up a little past that, and, and, and I'm not there, you know. But I've had plenty of things that some, somebody has said, and it like, triggers me to go look it up and find it out myself and see what I can find. It's amazing the, my difference in perspective when I just watch people's speeches instead of watching the commentary. And watching what MSNBC yeah. or Fox News or CNN this is has what to they say said about in it. their speech. It's and you unbelievable. Go back and you watch it, and you're I'm, like, I'm eh. convinced that 80% of America would would find that they actually agree with each other more if they would just go watch the actual full speeches of of politicians that are saying things or anybody. I don't care if it's on Twitter or whatever. If they saw things in context, it would completely revolutionize the way that we view each other. But of course, that's hard. Uh, no, it's not hard, but it actually takes some personal effort, which why would we do that when we can just move on for, to the next outrage? Yeah, we have more we have more access to information now than we have ever had. Yeah. And people remain completely ignorant about things they would not have to be ignorant about. If you would have told me 20 years ago that the Internet was going to make us dumber as a people, I would not have believed you. But it has. Because it's made information easy, but it hasn't necessarily made it more accurate. Accurate still takes as much due diligence as it ever did. Yeah. And, and, and now that things are easy, we don't want to do that. Um, you know, I, and that's another thing. I've, I've been frustrated. I'm, I'm super jazzed about uh, the, the new uh, Queen biopic that's coming out called Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah, yeah. I am so incredibly excited because Queen is one of my all-time favorite bands. And I know I get a lot of strange looks when I do that because I'm a worship pastor and I'm not supposed to like secular <laughs> bands at all, let alone one where the lead singer was uh, was homosexual. But it's they were an incredible band. He, Freddie Mercury was one of the greatest performers that has ever lived, yeah. uh, without a doubt. Uh, he, was a, he was a force on stage, um, like nothing I've ever seen. But there are a lot of complaints coming out of people who have seen the initial movie who've complained that essentially that the movie is not gay enough like that they're not they're not putting enough of that aspect of Freddie's life on the screen yeah. well the, the the film is about the band like Freddie is the is the main thing because he's the only one who's not around anymore but it's about the band 
And Freddie was a private guy. He never acknowledged. He wasn't like an activist. I mean, he didn't even come out and say that he had AIDS until the day before he died of it. Like he, he did not, he was a private person. He didn't like to have these things ex- like thrown out there. And if, if he were alive today, I don't know. I still don't know that he would like to do that. He was, that was not his personality. And so there's so many things that people are complaining about that, that like, oh, well, we want him to be the icon that he is. Well, he's an icon by the community. He was not an icon by his own choosing. Like that was not what he did and not who he was. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things I've seen complained about is they, they make a lot apparently of his relationship with a woman named Mary Austin, who he was, uh, who he was uh, living with uh, before um, he, he came out of the closet. And, but he like, he literally loved that woman more than anybody. Anybody who knows anything about Freddie Mercury, like he would tell like guys that he was with, he would say, you know, they would ask him, you know, and he even said this in an interview, men will ask me, why can't I replace Mary? And he said, well, cause no one ever can. She's my, she's my only true friend and she's the only one I want. I don't want anybody else. And I'm like, so there was a connection with this woman that he had with no other person. And so people are complaining that they're playing up his connection with a woman because they're wanting to, uh, I don't know what the heterosexual version of whitewashing is, but they're trying to whitewash Freddie Mercury in that sense. But it's not. Straight that's wash? What, yeah, straight wash. We'll call it that. <laughs> but that's what it was. That was, yeah. that was true. I mean, she was the, she's the one who got his remains after he died, and she buried them somewhere, and no one else knows. She's literally the only person on the planet that knows where Freddie's buried. Um, she got his entire estate uh, minus a few hundred thousand pounds that he gave to some other random people. She owns the house that he owned. Like he, and he told her in his will, it, it actually said, you know, you would have been, you were basically my common law wife. Had things been different, we would have been married. So it all would have been yours anyway. Like he had a relationship with Mary Austin that he had with no other person. And people are mad about it because they're talking. But again, they don't want to know the facts. They like the image. Of, of Freddie as a gay icon, and so yeah. they want it to be about that. They want it to have an activist flair. But that wasn't what Freddie did, and, and not what I, again, not what I think not he would be doing now. So, again, one of those things where the ignorance of somebody based on this, this very loose stereotype that we have of them now, or what they're supposed to be based on today's culture, and then we get mad because something doesn't live up to our expectations, when our expectations might not have been based in reality at all. Yeah. And, and so, again, it's just this frustration of, like, like, just do some due diligence. If you look into the man's life, you'd understand where this is coming from. Like, don't, don't just, uh, yeah. And it's don't, this way with anything. Don't just hate to hate. Yeah. I, that, that was my problem when uh, just this week, I think there was a whole bunch of young black leaders that went to the White House. Yeah. And people had all kinds of problems with it, saying that they were, you know, they were being useful pawns and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I'm like, listen... Isn't it great to have young black voices in the White House? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you want that yeah. regardless of yeah. who they are? Like, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. we should celebrate that, you know? And, and if the White House were to shut them all out, the reporting would be easy. It's like, oh, they're silencing the black voice. But then you let them in or right. you, you have that conversation. And now... That's bad, too. Well, and that's the thing that mystifies you me. You can't just right. hate to hate. You've got to celebrate good when it happens. Yeah. You've got to celebrate. Well, and, and that's when we talked about last week how everything's getting better. This week we're talking about all kinds of frustrations. Yeah. And, and that's part of our frustration is that things are getting better. There are a lot of changes that are being made. And you can't just, you can't just report what you want to yeah. be happening as if it's happening. Right. You can't just paint people as 
your icon for your particular political movement now who didn't accurately represent that in the past. Right. You and you can't you can't just assign a political motivation to every single thing that someone does. Right. I know we're in November. I know we're in Ohio. I get it. <laughs> like that's the mood of the climate. One one of the reasons when I moved from Pennsylvania to Ohio that I was stoked about it is because I was politically minded. I'm like, finally my vote counts. I no longer <laughs> live in a completely blue state. It's right. like it's very purple. It can right. go one way or another. My vote counts. I said this is this is pretty amazing. And and uh yeah, I don't know that November in Ohio is good for anyone. Like no. everything and and our nation is feeling it a bit too, but I think it's more here than other places. Yeah. But our nation is getting very politicized. It's almost that you can't get away from politics because people are making every area of life yeah. about politics. Well, and and that's the thing is 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 progressivism particularly. And again, I'm not just talking liberal or democrat, but I'm talking the extremes of progressivism. Politics is the religion of progressivism. And so it has become much, much more important to the left, which has freaked the right out more, and it has become a reactionary like back wish, and forth. I wish we could talk about guns without talking about politics. Yeah. I wish we could talk about sports without talking about politics. Yeah. I wish we could, you know, talk but about everything's becoming home political. and family life yeah. without politics. Yeah. Or even, or even talk about prisons and sentencing without politics. Sheldon, I'm going to take a complete aside, huge rabbit trail. Okay. Okay. The, the guys, this has nothing to do with absolutely anything we're talking about, but I promise we'll get you back on track. You want to abolish prisons? No. Oh. I want you to look at that clock. Gotcha. What color is that? And say it under the mic. Gold. Okay. That's what color the, the, the numbers are. The numbers are. are gold. The clock face is black. Say it again. It's black? It's black. Kayla, the clock face is black. She claims that's brown. What? Yeah, I know. Okay. Anyway, that's an aside. We'll we'll deal with that. But Kayla, the you're gonna are brown. you're gonna listen to this. You're gonna listen. They're more of like a bronzy kind of color. But yeah, Kayla, I know you're gonna listen to this. And there we go. We have a second person that is saying that this is black that's a and black not brown. Black clock with like bronzish. We'll put a picture on Instagram and we'll let you guys vote. And we'll do it with my phone because the iPhone will have a more <laughs> oh, accurate yeah. color. This uh, this uh, stupid Galaxy thing that yes. I have, I have no idea what colors it yeah. puts on anything. Yeah. But uh, I want to go back to something you were saying earlier about uh, about all these young black leaders that were at the White House. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, did they actually meet with Trump? Yeah. Okay. Here's my and they thing. they all stood there chanting USA yeah, here's for my quite thing. a while. Here's my thing. I know the media narrative. I know that Trump has said some some very uh, volatile things, that he said some very some vitriolic things, although I will make the argument as well that in context they are not as as controversial as they have been put out in the media as. So if you watch again, if you watch a whole speech, it doesn't have the same venom that you see it with if you just see a 30-second clip. But I would like to know who, name a person, name a race, name a religion that Trump has refused to meet with. That is just ref has flat out said, I will not meet with this person. I will not have a sit down with this, this person. Yeah. Now, name me people on the left who have said they refuse to be in the White House with that man. Sports teams alone will net you hundreds of people that refuse to set foot in the White House right now. Oh, yeah. But they're not banned from the White House other than Trump will react to them saying they're not coming, saying, well, fine, you're uninvited. Like, I mean, it's childish. It's stupid. But it is what it is. There's a picture. Yeah, there you go. So, again, I, I don't think – do I think 
Trump is a saint or an angel? No. Do I think he's being unnecessarily vilified? Yes, I really do. Because this is mostly coming from people who would have gone to cocktails or a a party. Well, he doesn't drink. Who would have gone to a party with him, you know, 10 years ago? And, uh, and, you know, President Obama would have been one of them. So again, I'm just I'm I'm tired of the of the false narrative that we get put out of it. We get all <laughs> They're chanting we are free and then there for a while they were chanting USA. Yeah. And yeah, so again, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Yeah, but again, that's that's my thing is we we create narratives and we get all worked up about things and then we can't have a conversation. Because we, can't, we don't want to start with facts. We don't want to start with facts at all. We want to just start with emotion. We want to start with what we heard on the news. And they're lying to us, guys. They're lying to us to sell. They're lying to us to get clicks. I'm not saying they're necessarily trying to be intentionally divisive or intentionally. But controversy sells. And that's what, that's what media is now. That's what media has become. It's, it's become a, an unholy alliance of entertainment and information that never should have been guys like Walter Cronkite are rolling over in their graves for, I mean, for crying out loud, guys like Larry King. I mean, did you ever see Larry King when you saw him in interviews back in the day where he would attack someone who he was interviewing? No, he doesn't. He would ask the questions. He would let them speak because that man knew that he was there to get this person to talk and he was there to listen to what they had to say. And so America could listen to what they had to say. Nobody understands that anymore. They push back. They always want to fight back. They always want to take a swing at whoever. They always want to try to paint them in a bad light. It's a joke. Yeah. And so, again, I look at guys like Larry King or I look at guys like Walter Cronkite who actually had some genuine integrity in what they did. And I'm like... If you get a chance to listen to Larry King on uh, Dave Rubin's mm-hmm. podcast, it's really, really good. Dave Rubin was uh, mentored by Larry King. And so, uh, and it his, shows in his interview style. It does, um, and and he's he's very gracious yeah. and and very kind, and it's it's a great it's a great interview. Yeah, um, and he talks about how he was good friends with Trump, and Ruben gets into that and just like, what's your relationship like now? He's like, I don't know. He got elected. I haven't heard from him again. Yeah, and it's it's just it's just interesting the brutal honesty that he brings to the table, and he talks about that where it's like. I wanted to interview the person, and I figured people came to hear my guest. They didn't hear, come to hear my political right. view or my my particular take on something. And he would interview like Yasser Arafat, right? And he would interview, and he's Jewish. Um, I mean, uh, the Jewish guy at the time, Amin, no, uh, Yitzhak Rabin. Yitzhak Rabin. Yeah. So he had he would have Arafat on. He would have Yitzhak Rabin. He had them on together. Yeah. And Ruben asked him, you know. At any point, did you think that that you were somehow affecting diplomacy, like you were making a difference in the Middle East? And he's like, no, not in the moment. (laughs) In the moment, I was on with two people. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, that's awesome. Where he would totally take a back seat to the people and just listen to them, let them talk. Yeah. And, And I think that's something that we have to get to, especially like on the things we say, that's what we desire to do is to let people talk and, and let people get their ideas out there. And if their ideas are, are dumb ones, they'll be proven to be dumb in the light of day. Yeah. And when they're put up against a better argument. Right. Our arguments might look dumb if you put them up against a better argument. Without a doubt. Because maybe we're not great arguers. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Then, then you know which argument is better, the one that holds up the best when you put it to the light, yeah. when you put it to the test. But you have to let people speak. You have to hear them. 
you have to understand them. Otherwise, you're not going to know which ideas are worth having and which ones are not. You right. have to listen to the person and understand why they're saying what they're saying. Right. Um, one thing that Larry King did say in that interview is that no person, no matter how evil, considers himself a bad person. Yeah. Is that often they will just give you the justification for why they did what they did. Yeah. And he's like, if you listen to it, you can start to see where they're coming from, whether or not you agree, right? You can you can hear them say, "Well, you know, the system was corrupt, and I had to do this. I had to do, yeah. you know." And even almost always, the ends can be seen as noble. Yeah, even though the means may be horrific. Yeah, and and very very few people will sit down and tell you that they're an evil person. Yeah, and those that do are mentally unstable. Anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would be it would be my desire for us to continue down the trail of things getting better. Yeah. And not not listen so much to the voices that tell us yeah. the opposite. And and to continue finding hope. And I think that's that's where my honestly doing our, our podcast last week is kind of what led to my frustration because it is. It's like <clears throat> especially in the United States right now, like things are things are going really well. And I'm not ta- saying that in a political sense. I'm like, they just are. Yeah. Like, they are. We have great things that are happening right now, but we're so wrapped up in this false narrative that we're all against each other that we can't even enjoy, like, it, and again, it goes down to that little, that little adage of, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. And it just frustrates me because there is, there's so much to be grateful for. There's so much to be optimistic about. There's so much to be hopeful for. And we're missing it all for nothing, just for yeah. pure outrage. And, and it saddens me. It makes you a little mad. It does make me mad. <laughs> and I'm not mad at anybody. I'm mad for everybody. I'm mad for all of us. This shouldn't be and doesn't need to be. Yeah. But, yeah. We'll just have <clears throat> to shut some things off. It, to be honest, I, I was out of the loop. I didn't even hear about the shooting in Pittsburgh yeah. at all until... <clears throat> Probably this morning when I checked Twitter, like yeah. it, it had happened a long, you know, a couple of days before right. that, and I didn't even realize. And you know, that's that's horrific, and it's something that I think about as we gather for worship from time to time. It's like yeah. we're we're worshiping here in peace, and there are probably some people that have a problem with it, and even more so for Jewish brothers and sisters. It's like, man, that's yeah. There, there's there's some people out there that just can have incredible hates in their uh, yeah. incredible hate in their heart that it's just i don't know it's it's sad and incredible at the same time that people are still on this that yeah. they still can't move past this right uh, and i don't know i don't i don't know any other way of combating that kind of evil other than dragging it out into the light and saying see this is what this looks like yeah this is this is the end game is this really w- your idea this is your idea of a solution. Yeah. It's not a solution. Right. It doesn't solve anything. Right. For anybody. No. Yeah. But if, if the end result of your idea is this, this is a bad idea. Like, yeah. this should be clear the to everyone. inception was a bad idea. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, and the same thing for those people that gathered to try and protect a monument and everything. And we talked about how yeah. destroying monuments, probably a bad idea overall for the culture because of what it represents. Yeah. You can go back and listen to our <clears throat> Destroying Monuments podcast. Yeah. But that was before somebody got 
killed in Charlottesville. Right. And it's, it's a bad idea to gather under the banner of hate and then get into a fight over it. And then your ideas end up in someone's death. Yeah. Senselessly, needlessly. Right. And here we are. Right. You know, if that's the end of your idea, then you started off with a really bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a bad idea of, of various people to be in the situation that they right. were in that day. Right. It, we've got to start stringing together good ideas and putting good ideas up against bad ideas yeah. and showing why the bad ideas are bad. Yeah. Rather than shutting them up and pushing them into the dark and being surprised when they burble out from time to time. Yeah. Yeah, and be willing to acknowledge that there are going to be good ideas from every side of the political spectrum. Yeah. Like, there are. There are going to be some ideas that are great, and there are going to be a lot that are terrible, and the truth is often somewhere in the middle. Um, and and all, uh, unfortunately, that has been the place where nobody wants to go anymore. It's become a, a veritable no-man's land in the middle middle of our political discourse now. <laughs> and uh, it's sad. That part, of, that is sad to me. But yeah, I agree with you. The, the battleground of ideas is, is a good thing and it's a healthy thing. And if we, can, if we can lay down our need to be offended and our need to be outraged, solutions will quickly present themselves to a lot of the things that we see as problems. I agree. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I, I <laughs> one of my favorite things to talk about with this is, is you know, I had a buddy who's, who's much more on the progressive side. He would say he's... He's moderate, but he's not, <laughs> just based on some of the things he'll latch on to. Um, he thinks he's moderate, though, so I'll give him that. But, but I'll never forget, you know, he's constantly talking about, oh, these conservative Christians, or oh, these Republicans, or oh, these gun, gun owners, gun, oh, these NRA, whatever. And he would rant about all oh, these horrible people, or whatever, and I would look at him and be like, dude, like, look at me. Like, I am one of these people you're talking about. Like, what do you think of me? He's like, well, no, you're not like that. You're cool like that. I'm like... Most people I know that are on my side of these things, they're like me. Like they're they're, like me. they're not like I am your experience with someone on the right. They have a day job. They get up. They put on their pants yeah. one leg at yeah. a time, and just so, like you. They're so not. So that's a nebulous... the thing is 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 if we can bring these kind of conversations to a personal level again, uh, and actually just say like, here's who I am. Here's where I stand. Not being afraid or ashamed of it, and being like, this is how you're going to know what someone like this is actually like is by your interaction with me. Yeah, and we all have a responsibility to that. I don't think everybody on the on the left is is an antifa crazy person who's basically just a basement dweller at their mom's house and wants to come out and bust heads. I don't think the majority of them are that at all, and I think that's a very small subset that really has nothing to do with. I you know it, I I can get into that. Yeah, but, just don't throw your head in with them. Though. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, I think that both sides need to be willing to call some of their ideas terrible and let them die. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah, there's a lot of really terrible ideas out there. Yeah. And you shouldn't just defend them because they have your, you know, letter on them, whatever that letter may be. I will, I will give Mansfield Fraser credit. I was listening to him on the way over. Oh, yeah. I haven't listened to Mansfield in a while. I'll have to break him out again. He was saying how, you know, nobody, and he's obviously a big Democrat in the yeah. area, and he's like, Nobody in Congress, except maybe Rand Paul, will even talk about drug criminalization, yeah. decriminalization. And I'm like, there you go. Mm -hmm. He's giving a shout out to a Republican. I yeah. respect that. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, usually he would say, nobody is doing that. And I'm right. like, Rand Paul is. And he said it. And I'm like, 
great. This is good. <laughs> this is how we begin, yeah. you know, yeah. by, by finding people, even if they're on the other side of the yeah. aisle, that support the ideas that you're talking about and be willing to discuss that. Yeah. And I am hopeful in, in terms of social and, and political discussion and vitriol right now, because I do, I feel like we're about to crest a positive hill. And I don't mean with whatever happens or doesn't happen in November. I just feel like there's, there's, something, there's something stirring on both sides that is a majority, it, it, that is that massive center of America that's just like, we don't want any part of these two extremes. Or that <clears throat> eventually people are going to look around and say, things are not as bad as yeah, I've been as I've been told, told they were. Yeah. You know, and if things are not as bad as I'm being told, then maybe the people I've been told about mm. aren't as bad as I've been told. And that's the thing is I feel like, I feel like it feels like a child having a tantrum when you're like, you've hit that point with them where you're like, I'm going to let them run themselves out before I deal with this. Yeah. That's where I feel like we're kind of hitting. We're hitting this stride where I'm like, okay, I see the end Two inside a little bit. Enough. I see the end inside a little bit. Um, and, and so I'm, I am hopeful. I know today, tonight's doesn't sound like I'm hopeful, but I am really, really hopeful. There are other people <laughs> that are not nearly as hopeful and they see this whole thing spiraling out into yeah. the streets and yeah. everybody going to hand-to-hand combat in the streets. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think no. we're going there. No. America has survived way weirder than this. Yes, yeah. And again, I make the argument that nobody on the left is armed, so that's a problem. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That was, that was a little... <laughs> And the people on right mostly have day jobs, so yeah, they mostly, don't want to yeah. fight in the streets because we have to go to work tomorrow. Stereotypes. Stereotypes. <laughs> hey, you went there. I went there. I Here know. I know. Oh, man. Well, I think we're going to call it on that. I think I've run myself out, and uh, Sheldon has to go write a report on things he doesn't want to write. So uh, That's true. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, any action steps for us this week? Um, trying to think. Oh, yes. Next week, we're doing a Facebook Live. Yes. So we, we're going to try and not have a topic coming into next week. Yeah. And we're going to get it from you. So, so any if questions you have this all far that. in the podcast, then you are a dedicated listener. And yeah. if you listen to this podcast before Sunday night, November, will it be is November it October? Yet? No, it'll be. It'll, it'll be still the, be October. It'll be the 4th, won't it? November 4. Yeah. So Sunday night, November 4, about 8.30. Sunday night, November 4, 8.30-ish. We're going to fire up the microphones. You can talk to us live. You can give us topics. and give us hate mail for this entire podcast. Yes. We're cool with We're it. We're cool with that. You know, just type out all your angst. It's yeah. great. Um, you can send us a Voxer if you have our Voxer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Or anything like that. But, yes, the action step this week is to show up yeah. to the Facebook Live podcast, um, which we're going to be doing next week, November 4th, uh, right before Election Day. Yeah. And um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great to interact with you guys again. We will probably fire up Instagram Live as well. Yeah. It's if not going to be as well out. shot. It's going to be like <laughs> propped up on the corner. So Facebook is the way to go for yes. a great camera angle. Instagram. Not so much. Going to be something yeah. there. But yeah. uh, but also, one thing I would encourage you guys to do is, as another action step, talk to somebody on the social and political opposite that you are friends with. Talk to them about their beliefs. Talk to them about what they think. And don't go in thinking you need to defend your stuff. Just go have a conversation go with them. Listen. Get to know them and and see them as a person first and then go from there. It will change your conversation. It will change the way you relate to each other. Sure. 
So, yeah, that's All it. Right. Sounds been, great. This has been The Things We Say. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.